Well, good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all here. Those of you who are in here in the sanctuary and also those of you on Zoom. I'm giving a big wave out to everybody on Zoom, as I normally do. Um, so lovely to see you all. Um, slightly different this week. So um, have, we got, have we got the mics up on the main sanctuary? Yeah, we're up on the main sanctuary. Thanks. Um, so, yes, uh, slightly different this week because Martin and, um, is away. Uh, so the service today is uh, led by myself, um, but also we were kind of short on musicians. So we're, we're using some of the YouTube videos. So you'll see, you'll have seen when we've been doing the, wel the welcome notices that we have a YouTube channel. So if you ever want to get some worship, then some of the songs that, uh, that we've been using during our time on Zoom are on there. Mark's been putting them together with... Um, with some nice videos so we're going to be using the youtube videos this morning so i'm not going to be standing up here singing but you are going to hear my voice so it might seem really strange should i just mime i don't know it's all very it's all very strange um but uh, so so that's what we're doing this week and then tony's going to be speaking to us later from genesis and exodus um if you are wanting prayer after the service then john is our man on zoom um so if you need to um uh contact him at any time during the service, then please do on 07880 um, no, I've no specific notices apart from it's coming home. Is it? No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, no, no specific notices to give this morning. Um, so let's just start with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you that you are an amazing God, one that we serve, one that we love, um, and we thank you for your sacrifice for each one of us. And this morning we want to come with thankful hearts, knowing that you're an amazing saviour. If, if we didn't praise you, the rocks would. And we know that, Lord. And so we give you our praise this morning because you are an amazing God. And so we thank you, Lord. Amen. For those in the sanctuary, I've got to say that um, uh, you can stand, you can dance. But you, please keep your masks on at all time and please don't sing. Uh, because that's not allowed currently under the rules. Uh, for those at home, you can sing your hearts out. Um, and we will hear you. We will hear you, I promise. Um, and uh, at the end of the first block of worship, the microphones, you, can, you will be able to unmute and to give your prayers and praise before God. So without further ado, here I am. Thanks to the Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things, His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, His love endures forever for the life has been reborn his love endures forever sing praise sing praise sing praise sing praise forever 
God is faithful Forever God is strong Forever God is with us Forever Rising to the setting sun His love endures forever By the grace of God we will carry on His love endures forever Sing praise Sing praise Sing praise What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. He didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. 
sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus.
my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah still and all alone oh praise the i 
Amen. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Praise his name forevermore. For endless days, we will sing your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, my God. Let's just take this opportunity to give our praise and our thanksgiving to God our Father. If you are in the sanctuary and want to give your praise, then raise your arm and Alison will come with the microphone. If you're on Zoom and you want to speak out your prayers of praise, then please unmute yourself, um, give your praise and then mute yourself afterwards. But let's just give God the glory this morning. He is an amazing God that we serve. Let's give him the glory that's due his name. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all the swim, the paths of the seas. Oh, Lord, our God, how majestic is your name. Oh, Lord, we'll be just looking at those uh, videos there, the beauty and amazing creation, Lord, that you've, you've created. And yet we are saying, what are we that we are mindful of us, Lord? We are special to you, Lord. You sent Jesus on that cross to die for us, that we might be redeemed, that we might have salvation, that we might have a relationship restored with you, Lord. You're an amazing God, and we just love to be amongst your people, to praise you, to lift you up, to declare you are our Savior, you are our Lord, and we love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. From the book of Exodus, hear the word of the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy to you, and everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from amongst his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Amen. Creator of the universe, who is like unto thee, the maker of the heavens and the earth and the fullness thereof. You made man in your image and after your likeness. You made the world and you gave us the world that we may rule the world because the world was made by you. Who are we, O God? Who are we that you are so mindful of? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within us. Mm. Let us bless his holy name. For he has made us and he has made us in his own likeness. And he has made us that we may have peace everlasting. Blessed be your name, Lord. Amen. Amen.
So, Father, we thank you for your amazing grace, your amazing love to each one of us. And, Lord, as we, as we continue on with their service, Lord, we want to just remember those in our community that need a touch from you at this time. We remember those that regularly need food bank. Lord, we ask you to bless them and be with them and supply all their needs. Lord, we thank you for the initiatives that run in this church um, for, for being able to provide food. And Lord, we, we just ask that as we touch our community, our community would come and be part of, of the church here, that they would come and find Jesus. Lord, that's, that's our desire, is that we wouldn't just feed them physically, but spiritually. Lord, we want people to come and know you. And we pray for those in our community who are struggling at this time. Those in our country that are struggling, Lord, because of the effects of coronavirus. Lord, we ask for wisdom um, for those in power to be able to, to know when is the right time for us to unlock and, and get back to normal. Lord, we want to see this place filled, but we want things to be done safely. And so, Lord, we just ask for wisdom in these things. Lord, we pray for, for Martin and Sarah as they're away. Um, Lord, we pray that you bless them and give them a good time. And Lord, as we, as we continue on, Lord, we just ask that you would just be with us in everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. So now we've got one of Mark's amazing videos. I always look forward to this bit every week. <laughs> so over to Mark. Hi, everyone. So... Today we're continuing our series on God's design for work and in a little while Tony will be speaking to us on work and rest. So in our video today I'm going to make some bread. Now what has that got to do with work and rest I hear you ask? Well I hope that will become clear as we go through the video. So now let's head over to the kitchen. So here we are in the kitchen and I've got all my ingredients ready. So in the bowl here, I've got a load of flour and then I've got the yeast here and some sugar and some salt and a little bit of olive oil here. And here's some spare flour for when we need to do some kneading. So all I have to do is I chuck all the dry ingredients in together, like this, and this, and then I just want to mix them around. So I've washed my hands already, and I'll just mix all of those in now. So now what we have to do is we have to do what's called knead the dough. So I'm just going to move these all out of the way. And now we get this out and we've got to knead it. And this is where the hard work begins because we have to knead this for 10 minutes at least. And it's pretty tough. So we have to really pump it and really work it. And the dough's working really hard now. So I think 
that is about enough. So what we're going to do now is we just put a little bit of oil back into the bowl and uh, spread that around a bit, just so the dough doesn't stick to it. Because what the dough has to do now is it has to prove. And while it's proving, it's sort of resting and it will grow because it's worked really hard. And now it needs to rest for a bit and regain its energy. So we put that back into the bowl and we're just going to cover that with cling film. And we need to leave that probably to rest for about an hour. So I'm going to try and set it up so you can see what happens while it's resting. Again. And the dough has now been resting for about an hour or so. And I hope you saw that it's grown in size to more than double its size. And it's now time for it and me to do some work again. So I'm just going to put some oil on the work surface here so that the dough doesn't stick. And we're going to turn it out onto the work surface. And what I have to do now is what's called knock it back. So I get all the air out again. And you see the dough's now gone back to pretty much the same size as it was before. So I think that will probably do. And now what we have to do is we put it on a baking tray again. And once again, we have to leave it to prove. So, as you can see, this dough has now doubled in size again. As it's been resting, it's been growing. So it's nearly time to put it in the oven. So we're going to take the clean film off. What we're going to do is just score the top a little bit. We're just going to sprinkle a little bit of flour over it. And we're going to put it in the oven. So the bread's now been in the oven for half an hour and it should be cooked by now. So let's get it out and see. Doesn't that look amazing? So I wonder, did anyone notice the connection between work and rest?
when I needed the dough, I worked the dough and the dough worked hard, didn't it? And then when it rested, when I left it, it grew and it doubled in size. And then I worked it again and then let it rest again. And it grew again and doubled in size again. And if I hadn't let the dough rest in between its work, when I put it in the oven, it wouldn't have become bread. It would have got hard and just been a bit like a stone. And do you know what? That's true for us too. If we just work and work and work, we'll become hard and tough and we'll never grow. But God designed us to have rest. He wants us to have rest because when we rest, we can grow in him and we can become more like him. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amazing. Thank you, Mark Paul Hollywood, <laughs> for your uh, for your bread making skills. I, that was just amazing, wasn't it? Um, very, very good word there, um, and something that we all need to heed. And I especially need to listen to that one. Um, so thank you for that. So now we've got our reading, uh, which today is we've got two readings: one from Genesis two, verses two and three, and then Exodus twenty, verses twenty. Sorry, verses eight to eleven. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on, the, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Moving on to Exodus. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in, the, in your towns. For in six days the Lord made all the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let's just pray for uh, Tony as he comes to speak. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the life that it is to each one of us and we thank you for the instruction that it gives each of us lord now we just bless tony as he comes and speaks to us in your name amen well good morning um before um we look at uh, this passage um, as a church, we uh, regularly donate to the Baptist Missionary Society, and uh, they have brought out a new video. Um, so if you've ever wondered what happens to the BMS and the money that uh, we provide with, with other organizations around the world, then in two minutes, you're going to find out. So two-minute video. Thank you.
So on behalf of uh, the BMS, thank you for, for all that you give and enables us as a fellowship to uh, support BMS. Right, work and rest. Um, uh, when, when Martin, um, well, when the list came out and I realised this was the one for me, I thought, this is easy. Uh, I can handle this. I can probably handle the rest more than I can handle the work. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, it seemed quite easy until I got into it and then realised it's not quite so easy as I imagined. Um, so, work and rest from Genesis 2 and Exodus 20, uh, verses 8 to 11. Now, I don't know about you, um, but life sometimes seems like hard work. And that is, of course, unless you're Mark, who can make time fly. And in which case, it doesn't seem so hard. But uh, it does seem like hard work. I mean, you work long hours. There's family to worry about. There's other people to worry about. There's all those projects that you've got in mind that you need to do. Then there's the church life and a whole host of other things that pull us every which way we can think of. Not only that, of course, but in the current climate, there's a lot of worry um, that can bring us down. There's stress, um, there's busyness, uh, and it can so often just overwhelm us. So how do we find that elusive answer on how to find a good work-life balance? Well, we'll try and answer that. Uh, whether I succeed or not uh, is up to you, but that's what we're going to look at. So the idea is that there is possible to find a complete balance in our personal and our professional life. And by professional life, uh, that means whether or not we volunteer, whether we're paid, all the kind of work that um, we, we get involved in. Now, this trying to find this uh, answer um, and this balance between the two was so coveted that I found out in 2016, a global survey was carried out on trying to find this uh, happy balance. And nearly 20% of all millennials were found to prioritize work-life balance when deciding upon a new career. So 20% of millennials think it's important to find a career that finds that work-life uh, work balance. I don't know about the other 80%, maybe it wasn't important to them, or maybe uh, they've already got that balance and don't need to worry about it. But you see, God the creator found that balance at the start of creation. And uh, he did it all, worked on six days and then rested. But uh, he found the answer and he gave the answer to all of his creation. So he gave the answer to you and to me. And in the previous verse that we didn't read in Genesis chapter one, it says that God completed his work of creation on the sixth day. But the week was not over. The first six days ended with the words, and there was evening and there was morning. Now we may, when we've read that passage, been expecting the same end to the seventh day, but it doesn't come. Those words are not recorded. Now, do we assume then that those words have just not been recorded? Maybe they've just been missed. Or was it missed because there's a special reason for it? You see, on each of the six days, God did specific work and saw that it was good. 
But on the seventh day, he did no work. The seventh day mattered to God and became the most important of all the days of the week. And it's so important that the seventh day never ends. You thought about that? The seventh day never ends. So having completed his work, God rested. And it, this is the point where the pattern of Genesis chapter one comes to an end because it didn't continue. The rest did not end. The work of creation is complete. And it's now time for God to enjoy his Sabbath rest. So what does it mean for God to rest? It doesn't mean that he's doing nothing because God is busy and he remains busy with the tasks of sustaining the world. Just like the dough, as Mark shared with us, it rested, but it was still working because it was growing. There's something unique uh, about that. So rest in this context does not imply total inactivity. It's more positive and active, just like the dough was active while it was resting. And it speaks of peace. It speaks of satisfaction. And it speaks of enjoyment of all that God had created. He created it. He now wanted to enjoy it. But as God delighted in his creation, he wants us to enjoy it as well. To enjoy his Sabbath rest with him. And this is what is seen described in Genesis chapter 2. With Adam and with Eve enjoying life in God's creation. In a way, it was designed to be lived in. They are sharing in God's rest. They work in the garden, but their main focus is not to do the job that God entrusted them to do, but to maintain that relationship with him, that they enjoy the whole of creation together. The creator and the creator are uh, created. So this day of rest will be known as the Sabbath, a central point of God's law and essential to Israel's worship of him. But even now, before sin enters into the world, before even the law exists, this day of rest is already meaningful to the creator and his creation. See, the seventh day at the beginning of Genesis 2 formed the basis of the fourth commandment given to Moses on Mount Sinai. And Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11 says this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, in tackling these verses, this is where this nice, easy subject became a little bit more difficult. 
because uh, in tackling these verses uh, and this command, I know that I'll be talking about something that is complicated, that is difficult, and causes different views amongst past and present Christians, and I'm sure Christians in the future. And I'm sure at the end of this, you will still have your own views on the Sabbath. And I'll not be able to cover or perhaps even to answer the many views that people hold on this particular subject. So with that in mind, here we go. So there will be those who hold the view that the Sabbath command is a creation decree. And from these two passages that we've read in Genesis and Exodus, and so it still applies to Christians today. Anything that is deemed to be work on the Sabbath is forbidden. Whether that's paid work, whether that's voluntary work, whether that's car washing, whether that's cutting the grass, whether it's cooking dinner, and so on, to bring it into the 21st century. But of course, if we're going to hold that view, this raises a number of issues for those who work in our health service, the police force, the fire service, the armed forces, and those that have to work on the Sabbath. And of course, that includes Martin, because when he stands up here, he's working. So is that right, that he should be doing that? So the Bible in Exodus makes it clear that the Israelites already knew about the Sabbath before God gave the Ten Commandments. Because we read in Exodus 16 that when God gave the Israelites manna to eat, he instructed them through Moses to gather twice what they needed on the sixth day so they would not have to gather equals work on the seventh. Exodus 16 verse 23. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So even though God gave the Sabbath to all mankind at the time of creation, the command had special meaning for the Israelites as part of the Old Testament law. On the seventh day, they were to do Two things in particular. First, they were to rest from all their work. They had six days in which to complete it. Secondly, they were to worship the Lord. They would have worshipped him every day, but the Sabbath day was a special day set apart for public worship of God. Now, the people of Israel were to use the Sabbath to remember God and his deliverance of them from slavery in Egypt. It was a weekly reminder to them and the world and all things were ultimately what mattered. They needed to stop what they were doing during the rest of the week and to look up and to focus on God, their creator and their redeemer. That's one point of view that some may hold. I'm only going to cover two points of view, uh, otherwise we'd be here all day. Uh, and unlike Mark can speed up time, I can't do that. 
so the other view, another view, so there will be others of you uh, who would point out that the Sabbath command is not reaffirmed with the same meaning in the New Testament and believe Christians have freedom in this area to work or not to work. Now, it's a good example to take Jesus as the example. And when he was on earth, he kept the Sabbath as a day of public worship. He made a point of going to the synagogue for public worship every week. Luke 4, verse, 4, verse 16 says this. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So it was a regular pattern for Jesus to be found in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And on one of these occasions that he was there, he angered those who were there by proclaiming while reading the scroll of Isaiah that scripture had been fulfilled in their hearing, revealing himself as the Messiah. And of course, we know because we read the New Testament that Jesus also healed people on the Sabbath day. And the Gospels record six occasions when Jesus upset the Pharisees over healing on the Sabbath. Jesus was making the point that doing good and doing works of mercy were not prohibited on the Sabbath day. One example, Luke 6, verses 10 to 11. He looked round at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. And Paul, in his letter to the Colossians, said this in Colossians 2, 16 to 17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So after the resurrection of Jesus, something very remarkable happened. Although most of the first Christians were Jewish, and kept the old Sabbath, very soon Christians started to worship on a Sunday, the first day of the week. Sunday was the day when Jesus was raised back to life and was appropriate day to remember all that God had done for his people in overcoming sin and overcoming death through Jesus Christ. Bit of history, in AD 321, the first Christian Roman emperor, Constantine, decreed that Sundays were to be an official public holiday on which most work was forbidden. Since then, Sunday had been the normal Christian day of rest and worship. So how do we relate the Sabbath laws of the Old Testament to our Christian Sunday? The obvious way to do this is to see that the Sabbath was originally intended by God as a day to enjoy in terms of rest from work, but also in worshipping God. The legalism of rules and regulations in Jesus' day 
ruined God's good intention. So the general principle of the original good intention of Sabbath still applies today. Sunday is to be a day of resting from work and of worshipping God. In particular, a celebrating of the resurrection of Jesus on a Sunday. Now, if we choose to miss out on worshipping on a Sunday because we choose to play sport, we choose to go shopping, we choose to do anything else other than worship God, then we are missing out on God's intention of worship on the day of rest. We could say, if we miss church, that we have still had a day of rest, but rest and worship were intended to go together as Sabbath principles. In summary, for Christians, the detailed Old Testament Sabbath are dead, but the Sabbath principles still remain. As mentioned earlier, many people cannot avoid working on a Sunday. Those in our medical profession, our emergency services, public utilities, and last but not least, those who are busy serving in the church. And there are a number of people that have served and worked this morning to, to make this happen. However, it is still the case that because of traditional working patterns for most people in this country and the celebrating of the resurrections, Sundays still make the best Sabbath. But having said that, of course, there are those who are unable to take a day of rest on a Sunday, shift patterns and all sorts of other things, uh, and they can't then worship. But another day off is needed during the week. The principle of the Sabbath rest is built into creation. We were made to rest frequently after work. And it's clear that as Christians today, the only way to fulfill the Sabbath command is to come to Christ. He said himself in Matthew 11, verse 28, and we've seen it once already, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It is by coming to Jesus that we enter into God's seventh day and begin to live life again as it was designed to be lived with God's intention. And the fact that the Sabbath has been fulfilled in Christ does not mean we can just ignore the fourth commandment. That command underlines the truth that work is not the goal of life. It stresses the importance of the balance between work and rest. God may have created us to work, as Martin shared at the beginning of this series, but he never intended us to do seven days a week, 24 hours a day, in paid work, in voluntary service, looking after family members or in anything else. It was never meant to be 24-7. And we need to ensure that we build into our daily lives and routines times for resting and enjoying leisure time. We should not feel guilty about doing it as we need to find this right balance. If we don't, then burnout or becoming seriously ill 
will, will happen to us. But we live in different days now, and certainly during this pandemic, in these days where people are working at home, the boundaries of work and rest become even more blurred. Work has, in reality, bled over to all hours of the day because there is now no boundary in workspace and time with home life. And it would appear that many people are working at home, are working longer hours than ever. And they're answering emails at home all hours of the day. So it's even more important to keep Sunday as a boundaried special day set apart for the Lord. And you know, there is a good invention and it's called the mobile phone, the smart phone. How smart is this that I'm now contactable 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, by text, by all sorts of things. And I don't have Facebook, TikTok and all those other things. A good invention, but it takes over our lives. And because I worked in the airline industry, where somewhere in the world there is daylight, and aeroplanes are no respecters of UK sleep time, and they break down in all parts of the world, and uh, this phone, not this phone, but the company phone I had went off all days, all night, because there was a problem. And I got really clever, because there's a button on the side that says off. <laughs> and I found that button, but unfortunately for me, of course, they found my home number. And so not only did they wake me up, they woke my wife up. And there were times, of course, when I was away on business that um, I found the off button and they couldn't get me, so they phoned home. Two o'clock in the morning, my wife gets woken up only to tell them, of course, he's not here. He's away on business. So kindly try and find him. It can take over our lives. God never intended 24-7 work. And we need to find that balance between work and rest. God instituted the Sabbath day in the Old Testament, not just to point us to Christ, but also to provide a much-needed day of rest for his people. And it is possible to find that day of rest, but it may need a little bit of forward planning to make it happen. And if you do have to work on a Sunday, then there are other ways of finding this public worship. We have a number of home groups here in the fellowship. So if you can't meet on a Sunday and perhaps you can meet on a Wednesday, a Thursday or a Tuesday for these home groups, that's a form of public worship. And you can set aside that day to rest and to focus on our God and all that he's done for us through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you gave us the Sabbath day for rest. And we thank you that we can only find that true rest when we come to Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Jesus, that when we come to you, we hand over our burden. And we know that we will find that ultimate rest, that rest that never ends, 
when we join with you in a new heaven and a new earth. And so, Lord, we pray for each of us this morning, whether here in the sanctuary or home on Zoom, that by the power of your spirit, you will work in our lives, that you will help us to find that rest and that time to public worship, to give you the glory that you deserve. So, Lord, challenge us, encourage us, and speak through our our hearts and our minds, that we might respond to you in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. So thank you, Tony, for that amazing word. Isn't it, isn't it good to know that God wants us to rest? Um, I'd just like to say thank you as well to Mark, because Mark um, has been putting all these YouTube videos together, and I just want to thank him for what he's been doing on that, because that's, it's just been amazing, you know, I, I know I've recorded the stuff, but to actually see all the videos that he puts together on it, it's been amazing, and, and there'll be more things going up there, so just wanted to say publicly thanks to Mark. So we're going to finish off with a song, You Give Rest to the Weary. If we're weary today, let's just take heart in that Jesus has us. You give rest to the weary You bring strength to the weak As they wait in your presence There is grace for the need So I'll wait, I'll wait I'll wait, I'll wait for you I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge I will say of the Lord, He is my strength I will say of the Lord, He is my shelter, my hiding place can come in the silence You can come in the noise Bringing peace in a moment Bringing comfort and joy So I'll wait I'll wait Yes, I'll wait I'll wait for you I will say of the Lord He is my refuge I will say of the Lord He is my strength I will say of the Lord He is my shelter My hiding place I will come to source of all creation I will drink from the well that never dries I will draw from the one who won't grow tired the Lord of all hey. 
Yes, I'll wait, I'll wait for you So I'll wait, I'll wait Yes, I'll wait, I'll wait for you I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge I will say of the Lord, He is my strength I will say of the Lord, He is my shelter, my hiding place yeah, yeah. I will come to the source of all creation I will drink from the well that never dries I will draw from the one who won't grow tired The Lord of all Yeah, 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 yeah And so now may the God who gives us strength who gives us rest. May he bless us as we go out into this week. May we know the Sabbath rest. May we know your strength for each day. May we be able to share the good news of Jesus. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a reminder that if you want prayer after the service, then John's available on 07880 081635. Thank you for joining us this morning. Have a great week, and you may now unmute.